genre. Welcome to the New Republic Archives, where we discuss the history and legends of a galaxy far, far away. I'm Tim Garcia. And I'm Gary Roby. And we are back with a deep dive episode. Uh, Hell yeah! I'm, I'm kind of excited for this. Uh, so we, uh, we've kind of had the... Um, so we're doing a couple stories from a certain point of view. We've sort of had a certain point of view in our back pocket for like several months at this point yeah uh as a sort of like if we ever don't know what to do we at least have this yeah so (laughs) i think um we're gonna do two stories today um but i think you can expect to see it back on the podcast uh and even if it's not this one in particular uh there's now yeah the empire strikes back one uh as well i'm surprised we haven't gotten a return of the jedi one yet um they come out for the 40th anniversaries so we'll oh, get. Oh, so we're not at the fortieth. We'll get Return of the Jedi next year. Return. Gotcha. Um. So we've gotten. Gotcha. We got forty Empire. stories for exactly New Hope and forty stories for Empire. Forty different writers. So yeah. that's why they do it for the fortieth. So that's their. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it is. It's forty different. So it's it's called a certain point of view. Um. If you don't know the book, um, it's a anthology book that's yep. 40 short stories following the story of of the movie uh in this case it's uh we're doing star wars so a new hope yep. and uh it follows the story but it tells a different story from a background character in different scenes yes and even it's it might be like a tangential background character like oh this character exists, so therefore this point of view yes. is like a different – like actually both of our stories we're doing tonight aren't actually a character that appears on screen, but they're talking mm-hmm. to characters that have appeared on screen. That have appeared on screen. Uh, yeah, and I and I think that that's the case for a few of them. The only other one that I've read, like outside of what we're talking about tonight, the only other one I read was the Griffin McElroy story, which is about – um one of the Jawas that picks up R2-D2 and decides not to wipe R2's yes. memory. Yes, I read that. So I've read about half this book. Um, I haven't read any of it before. I, that's the only story I've read from it before. Um, as is tradition with my entertainment, I typically will start something and then not finish it. Um, I have many yeah, video I, game, uh-huh, all that uh-huh, stuff. Uh-huh, but, uh-huh. I do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so this is one of those that I have started um, and I never finished. I literally pulled the bookmark out uh, and I was about halfway through the book. So, so like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, I, this is one of those things that I feel like I could dip back into like every once in a while and just like read a story here and there and eventually get through it. Yeah. But I can't imagine sitting down and just like reading this book, like start to back, like front to front to back. That's kind of how I was doing it. It was, it's good bathroom reading. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's fair. They're uh, short. Yeah, they're short. Each one's like only a few pages. Like, yeah. It's a breeze. Um, that said, I, I like I like some more than others. Some of them are great. Um, mm-hmm. The way we did it this time is I picked one and you picked one. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting. We'll, we'll talk about it when we when we when we get into like what each story we picked was. But well, we could just yeah, let's um, get into it. So, which yeah. one did you pick, Gary? I, I picked Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Um, so and, yeah, uh, talk a little bit about that about the what what, what what drew you to that? Well. Uh, what drew me to it is that the 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 the, the uh, perspective character is Qui Gon Jinn, and I am just a sucker for the Qui Gon Obi Wan relationship. And um, it is it is the short story that eventually led to the book Claude A. Gray wrote, Master and Apprentice, which takes place at a very different point in time, yeah, uh, and a different point in their relationship. But um, I think Qui Gon is like one of my favorite Jedi and that might just be because Phantom Menace was the first Star Wars film I saw start to finish. Um, I was just like always really enamored with him as a character, uh, growing up. Um, and and I think it's interesting to like have our perspective character be a force ghost. Like, I don't think that that's something that we've like that Star Wars has played around with before. Yeah. That's the, 
so that's the that's the thing that's funny to me um and we'll go a little bit deeper into everything is that yeah this story inspired the book master and apprentice mm-hmm. but the interesting parts of this story i feel like have nothing to do have nothing with to do with what was. that book yeah. is it's like yeah it's weird it's a weird decision to go in that direction i don't know i guess it's like oh yeah, yeah you can write for qui-gon it's like yeah cool like on like superficially sure yeah it makes sense like you yeah. go and make a Qui-Gon But also, Obi-Wan. yeah, they literally went to, like, as far chronologically from the story as they could. Yeah. And still had it be a Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan story in that book. Yeah. Um, And I know, you know, we've talked quite a bit about, like, Claudia Gray's writing on the show before between... um, She did... She did Fallen Star, right? And... Yeah, she did Fallen Star. Um, Lost Stars... But I haven't read Lost Stars. Was really good. Bloodline, the Leia book, um, has like had her fingers in a bunch of Star Wars stuff for like a while at this point, um, and has really been like hit or miss. And so I think that like this kind of I don't even want to call it punchy because it's not that this like provocative, thoughtful short story, um, kind of pulled me, moved me in yeah. a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, so we you did kind of a, a heady. Um, I don't know if you expected it to be heady, um, but uh, I expected some like like emotional weight to it, and that and it delivered on that point. But yeah, I didn't expect it to be. I didn't know it was going to be from Qui Gon's perspective, and so we right. get like a cool um, analysis of like what the Force feels like yeah. to someone who's become part of it. So yeah, so you, we we kind of did a big forcey forcey one, uh-huh. and then I picked <laughs> the Sith of Data Work. <laughs> Um, which tell me about this story Tim so this one I read and immediately loved it Um, it's all about an imperial officer who basically it's not paperwork it's data work because there's no paper Um, but he knows all the forms to fill out he knows all the checkbooks is the thing and it's just like of course there would be people on the empire that would have to do this and it's a very silly story Um, it's it's silly but also like (laughs) It's really entertaining to watch it's, because it's basically a one scene play. I mean, both of these are kind of like yeah. one scene plays, right? They're very uh-huh. like if they were on screen, both scenes would probably two or be two like two or three minutes. Just so quick. They'd be uh-huh. very quick. They're just like little yeah. you slot really nicely just like into the empty space between these sequences. Yeah. And and yours is like a very thoughtful, like serious one. And mine would <laughs> would run like a slapstick gag. And, and I'm really like, glad. I'm really glad that it, it like really exemplifies what the two of us are interested in Star Wars in a think, real way. I think it's like that's what I was kind of like as I was reading both of them. I was like, this is perfect because it's like <laughs> it's like what we both love about Star Wars. It's like we both yeah. like this when it's silly, and we both like when it gets serious and thoughtful. And it's so I, and, I'm glad. I'm glad that we have stuff that are like opposite ends. I really when we had <laughs> talked about doing, we had talked about doing. Um, stories from this collection i was like god i really hope we do like a serious one and then a fun one yeah because that's like kind of what we try to do what we strive to do when we do our deep dives anyway we sort of oscillate between those things any anyway yeah and and i'm glad that we can bring those together in this uh in this way here yeah um so yeah so that i thought that was i thought that was fun that i was like man we are going that was really fun we're going very different uh ways with this well i'm also the thing that i'm also really interested in 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 your your choice in in particular just to like continue on the discussion of like who wrote this particular story uh yours is written by ken Liu, yes who is a chinese american sci-fi writer um who originally like got notoriety for writing a, a, a short story collection called the paper menagerie, which won him a Hugo, um, a nebula and like an, and another like writing reward. Um, and now is like a writer of a series called the dandelion dynasty, yeah, I was which is like that. a big epic sci-fi series that he describes as silk punk, which is like not cyberpunk, but is like a, um, sci-fi that is inspired by like East Asian culture, which is in a real sick way. as hell. It's so it's yeah, so dope. I, I have the very first book, The Grace of Kings, on my shelf. It's been like one of those things I've been meaning to get to for a really long time. Um, I think book four or five in that series just came out, and I I can't I continue to hear really good things about it. So, 
Um, yeah. It was really fun to like my understanding of who this man is as a writer is is not what I got out of this story, <laughs> which delighted me. Yeah, in a real exactly. Way. Yeah, this is like I said, it's this is a, like a slapstick bit. This is a this is a yeah. comedy scene. Um, so let's let's get into it. Yeah. So basically, yeah, let's, go let's, ahead. Get, let's dive into this. So this takes place. Um, so, again, the book is structured. It follows the narrative uh, of the of the movie. So this is yeah, very each of the each of the short stories in the anthology happen in chronological order. Uh, in approximately. The, yeah. In a yeah. In 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 following along the story structure of New Hope. Oh, uh, and I think we should probably address this up front. A lot of people ask me when I'm, especially Star Wars fans, when I'm describing this book, uh, is this book canon? And the answer to that is question mark. Eh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like, dubious. It's look. Um, Wikipedia says it is canon. However, okay. there are stories However. in the book that contradict each other. Yes. Um, there's stuff that kind of works with the stuff that doesn't, I don't know. The The real answer is it's not important. Enjoy the stories. Um, yeah, just, exactly. That's the real answer. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, so I, I, I think that, um, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's just perfect. Like, just enjoy it, guys. Don't like worry about it. Yeah. If it's canon or not because like stories don't have to be canon for them to be good i i really hope that the further we get into like the disney era of star wars content the less people care about or the less like merit we put on like canon because discrepancies are going to happen all the time the more we we tell story and my my perspective lately has been more and more about like if you treat Star Wars like a mythology, the way that like Greek mythology exists, like there's always going to be multiple versions of a story. Right. And 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 I'm OK with that. Yeah, there might be a central truth there, but like they're not always going to come out the same way. Like oral tradition dictates that different tellers are going to have different versions of the things that they want to tell. Yeah. And there's we've talked a little bit about that. What's that Legends of Luke Skywalker book or whatever? Yeah. Um, that's... Isn't that also Ken Liu? Is that Ken Liu? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. Wow. Journey to Star Wars, The Legends of Luke Skywalker is Ken Liu. Wow, I pulled that without even knowing that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. Anyway, let's dive into the, the first story. We've been let's beating around the bush one, please. long enough. Um, so uh, it takes place uh, still on uh, – what is Vader's starter story name? Uh the devastator is that it um the one I... in i'm googling it right now because i sh i should have been uh it's not the same one that he's on so he's on the executor yeah. and then the devastator um let's see so he's the he's on the executor yeah the devastator is the one that participated in the capture of the tantif got it okay so it takes place on the devastator uh, the executor is the superstar destroyer. Yeah. Um, executor, Ex executor, Ex executor, executor. I don't exec. Either e both work. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> just I'll just alternate. I, I I'm not even going to be talking about that one very much. But yeah, no. Anyway, devastator, devastator. Um, so it takes place on the devastator. Um, and it's about a imperial officer who does data work. Not only does he yeah. do data work, he's like the best at he's data work. He's the data work guy. He knows the data work uh, specialist or the data work jet. Never, never mind. mind. Yeah, he that. does. There's a lot of like little tongue in cheeks. He's also very uh, proud uh, yeah. of being a data work guy. Like some guys would be like, gosh, I wish I was a stormtrooper off doing crazy things. Um, but no, he's very proud of being. Uh, it's like, an imperial I officer. know the ins and outs of this paperwork. Um, his name is Arvira, mm -hmm. um, which it's always nice to get a name right up front. Um, yeah. And then never again. Uh, for the rest never of the again. story, they never call him by his name again. Um, but uh, 
yeah, so he he talks a lot about um, how, you know, he's really good at this and he likes to uh, be the guy that everyone knows is good at uh, data work. Yeah. Um, so not only is he good at it, he uh, makes it known that he's good at it and people will come up to him and, and he can kind of work the uh, the system a little bit and get yes. people what they're asking for. Uh, and he's happy about that. So, how does this tie into A New Hope? Yes. Uh, there is an Imperial officer who comes up to him with a problem. The problem mm-hmm. is uh, an escape pod recently was ejected from the uh, Star Destroyer. And this officer ordered uh, his second-in-command, who's a guy named Hija, uh-huh. uh, not to shoot the escape pod, which he thought was fine. Uh but it only later uh, came out that uh, the Death Star plans may have been on that escape pod. Yeah, the plans are nowhere else on the Tantive Four, And uh, maybe they were on the escape pod I didn't shoot. Yeah, or I ordered not to shoot. So uh-huh. his problem is, how do I not get force choked? Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> is his plan, is his problem. <laughs> So uh, a couple things here. So the first line of questioning is uh, so it's fun because a lot of these are like the, the movie. The movie at this point, when the at time of writing was about forty years old, right? Because that's the thing. Yes. So a lot of these are questions nerds have had been for nitpicking a long time. for years, uh, uh-huh. and they've showed up in other media and everything. And this is just a fun way for you know, like I always say, like people like to go like, oh, there's I... a plot hole. But it's more fun to be like, it's a plot opportunity, guys. Like, this is a plot opportunity, Tim. (laughs) No, the thing that I love about this is that, like, one of the most common things I hear about this about this guy is that, like, oh, maybe he's secretly with the rebellion. But no, it's so much better that it's just about paperwork. Yeah. And it's not even just about paperwork. They give a better answer for this. So the first thing he asks is he goes, is it just about paperwork? And he's like, no. And it's like, that would have been reasonable. Like, yeah, like a lot of people like, oh, not it's, it's just about data work. And then he makes the family guy joke. What are we conserving lasers now? Uh huh. Uh, And um, then they reveal that. The upper brass, basically, and I won't read it word for word, but the upper brass in the military decided to, uh, because of the Imperial Senate, they didn't want uh, the Imperial Senate accusing them of war crimes. Yes. Um, And also propaganda about Imperials being poor shots. Um, They uh, basically started judging gunnery officials based on their uh like their accuracy i kind like, of i kind of do just want to i kind of do just want to read this out loud i mean um, yeah you can but it's it's kind of long it's, it's like only two paragraph. sentences okay. i'm going to read these two sentences annoying with rebel propaganda that showed imperials to be poor shots frankly the stormtroopers could do with more targeting drills fleet bureaucrats had issued a new policy tied to gunnery offers promotions to their kill ratios shots fired at unoccupied escape pods would would indeed be considered wasted. So if you if you fire a shot at an empty pod, it is a mark against you because your kill ratio is going to drop regardless of whether that shot needed to be taken or not. Yeah. Uh yeah, exactly. So that's that's the that's the fun. So that's the exact thing and he <laughs> said he was against it at the beginning because um, people would like in during firefights, they would target disabled fighters with pilots in them as opposed to active threats. Uh, yeah. that are like uh, not even around. active threats, armed drones. Yeah. Cause drones don't count as kill shots. Yeah. Cause they're not people. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So anyway, so, um, he decides to help Bolvan, this guy. Um, he likes yeah. Bolvan because Bolvan is a bad, uh, I guess, Sabak, <laughs> but he doesn't say Sabak specifically, but he's a bad card player. Yeah. And he's able to win <laughs> money off of him. Um, it's good. Uh, and so, yeah, so he, um, it's, it's, so just how a does fun... he get, how does he get him out of this? Too? So, okay. 
it's probably the second most convoluted plan uh, next to Luke's escape plan <laughs> from Jabba the Hutt's palace, <laughs> which is obviously the most convoluted escape plan. Yes. So he, um, okay, so he asked him, hang on, I'll have to find the actual things because they're, they're, so it becomes almost, a, like I said, a comedy routine. So basically, uh-huh. the bit is, uh, our our data work specialist here is going to Bolvan and giving him a new form to fill out. And every new form is getting this guy more and more confused and frustrated because he's uh-huh. just trying not to get death gripped. But our uh, data work specialist uh, narrator is uh, lavishing in his ability to look at how good I am and knowing all these things. <laughs> yes. So he's like that annoying kid in school who's just like, oh, of course you use this and blah, blah, blah. And it's making the other guy. So that's the kind of dynamic here. Um. And he even does it a little bit to the reader where he's flexing on us, knowing all these different forms to do yes. things like uh, get a better bunk uh, or get a better uh, roommate uh, for your senior officer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, or get a better uh, get longer leave time, uh, like all these different things. So he's flexing even to the reader. Uh, he loves it so it's much. It's very good. He he in parentheses explains why this form would help you get away with this this yeah. particular action. So anyway, so he goes. Uh, he wants you to f- fill out form INS seven seven TX, and he goes. It requests an immediate mid cruise extra vehicle arm- armament extra vehicular armament inspection. <laughs> Um, which will put the only gunnery, the gunner, Hija, that he told not to shoot outside yes. to inspect the guns. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he's like, why would he do that? Hija hates going out there and doing that. And he's like, well, he's the only other witness that saw you cancel. So if Vader's coming looking for questions, he's not going to have he's just going to have you and no one he'll else. Be around. Yeah, he'll, you be outside. Be, he'll be outside. Um. And he's like, and the reason for requesting the inspections, you'll say um, the guns weren't responding to the input from the inside the cockpit. Reports of non-responsive trickering mechanism. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing he needs to fill out is form DKS 7SEMMA uh, subsection N, which <laughs> is a form to, uh, to request the detailed manifest of a non-military vessel. Um, uh-huh. And he'll ask for the Tantive 4s. Uh, manifest and um, he'll also have to explain why it's a military need basically and he goes which means he has to fill out application SUG 171 TI which is uh, which is to dispatch any operational suggestion to another officer uh, which 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 means that Commander Proji, the person who just went through the entire Tana Four and realized <laughs> that the data plans aren't there, will have to submit paperwork himself to show that the data plans weren't there, and thus will discover the missing escape pod. Right. So he'll have to go. So he's already gone through the whole ship, but now he's going to have to go through again and file the paperwork on. Yeah. Him. Um. Uh, no, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, so that's part of it. But also SRS-98 comp inventory is going to make him go through the inventory of the captured vessel. Yes. So. <laughs> so now. Now, now we have Heejas outside. Yeah. And and Proji, is that his name? Yeah. Did I lose it already? The, the, Proji will have to go through the entire ship a second time. Yes. To catalog all the inventory. Yes. Um, and the whole thing is he's trying to build, like, a, he says he's building an unassailable structure for diverting responsibility elsewhere. Uh, this guy's <laughs> truly a master of middle management. Um, he really is. And, um, he's like, so then you need a maintenance request NIW59SUD with a Schedule P. What is that gonna do? That is a wind. it's basically window cleaning. <laughs> basically a window cleaning um and it's basically requesting droids to come and cover all the windows in these thick foam (laughs) so that you can't see out yeah uh and so proji will assume that the skate part was jettisoned without anyone detecting it because the window (laughs) was covered in the window was covered washing foam. foam 
Um, and therefore, they missed the escape pod, and therefore, they didn't fire upon it, and therefore, like, and redundancy. On top of that, guess who's going to have to deliver the news to Lord Vader? It's going to be Praji, because it's how be would Praji. our boy Bolvar even know about it? Yeah, he didn't see it happen. So. The window's covered in foam. Yeah. So that's basically, it's that's so the whole good. story, is them coming up with this <laughs> plan uh to cover Tim. up uh and then basically he thanks him like our bar boy of ours so thankful and he offers to play uh cards tomorrow night uh because he basically yeah. is like i'll lose to you <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll pay you some money this way yeah um but our um our i'm gonna get his name again uh our, our boy uh, our Vera, uh says he'd rather have target practice he wants to shoot the guns uh, on the yeah! side of the, which is, that's cool. Um, it's cute. But yeah, so, and Bolvar's like, of course, uh, we can do that. So. T- Tim, you had like, you had like an insurance job for a while. I still have an insurance job. You still have an insurance I hope, job. I unless you know something I you, don't, I believe I no, still have No, I was that. going to say, I thought you were trying to like move past that. Uh, is this what your <laughs> insurance job is like? Is it like filing a bunch of nonsense paperwork? Um... No, not my not my job. Uh, okay. But uh, no, yeah, but it, it I don't know. There's definitely <laughs> I, not at my current job, but my last company, there were definitely people that were very proud of some very mundane things, which, you know what? <laughs> Good on them. If it you makes know, you happy. If it makes you happy. Um, Cool. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's it's very funny. To uh, me. But no, it's uh, I don't know. It's just such a silly story. And it just reminds me of almost like an Abbott and Costello routine, the way he's doing yeah. it. Uh, and like, I, I really appreciate like, especially after seeing Andor, I appreciate the like middle management of the Empire. Right. That's the other of, thing. Like. They're just trying to make it through is there is absolutely like, let's say that um, the ISB and uh, specifically what's her what's her face? I'm, I'm still remembering all Deidre. the Deidre, specifically Deidre. If she wanted to get to the bottom of this, this would like the thing with data work is it's going to create a paper trail. Exactly. Everything that's happening right now. Like I get the feeling that this dude met uh, our boy, Arvira met an untimely end at some point. Um, yeah. So yeah. So um, it's very funny though. But yeah, I just I loved it. Um, no, I, I think still it's have this big stupid grin on my face just talking about it, just because it's such a dumb story for no reason. Um, it's so good. I'm glad. So like, following on this, like I'm glad. Like my other my other choice, and maybe 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 I'll read this story and I'll still. Um, be happy about it, but I almost pitched the baptism, which is the Nettie Accor for, um, uh, 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 what's the, the Dianoga story? Yes. Um, yes, that's which an awesome. Is more, more serious than I'm giving it like credit for, but like, I look at that and I'm like, oh, that's going to be silly. It's, it's um, almost, um. I don't know. I won't. I'll, I won't spoil anything for that one. I'll read it eventually. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it on a future one. Maybe yeah. if we do the if we do stories from this again, I'll talk about the the Baptist. But um, that's one that's like been on my list for a long time. Of like, oh, I feel like this is something I would vibe with. But I, I feel like following this story up with with something like that is is like playing too much on the like not go- yeah goofy side, the more goofy yeah. side, the more like playful side of Star Wars. Um, just by nature of like what the character is that we're following. Yeah. Um, it's, it's that one. So I feel like this one's like a little bit more silly than even that one in that one's kind of yeah, like, a, uh, on the other hand, we could have done, I could have picked that Griffin, that Griffin McElroy Jawa story. Cause like, that's also not super silly, but like following a Jawa who decides not to wipe R2's memory is fun. What about of MSE six and men? Oh yeah, isn't that the Will Wheaton one? Uh, it's Glenn Weldon. Um, oh, it's Glenn Weldon. 
Isn't there? There is a Will Wheaton. Yeah, story there is here, one right? in here. There's also a, a Ben Acker and Ben Blacker one. There is. Who, I like that one. Um, folks may know as uh, 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 the Thrilling Adventure Hour guys. Also, Ian Desher has a story in here. He's the guy who did Paul Dini. The, um, has a story. Hmm? Paul Dini has a story in here. Paul Dini. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, Ian Desher did the the Shakespeare Star Wars things. Yep. Um. Uh, Jason Fry, who's done other Star Wars stuff. Pierce Brown, who writes the. Um, what did I um, read? You, who, Red Rising. What? So Griffin McElroy did the one about the. Um, Griffin McElroy. He he's the um, my brother, my brother and me, and uh, through um, Adventure Zone podcast. Adventure Zone. That's what I know him from. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but yeah, let's let's jump into your next one. We did Master of an Apprentice, which, as you mentioned Master earlier, is a Qui-Gon story. Gray. It is a Qui-Gon story. And and the thing that I like is that it starts it starts with a description of the desert and it's kind of like Qui-Gon manifesting himself out of the force, like removing himself from being one with the force and returning to this sort of semi-corporeal form. And I, I, I really like her um, sort of description of, like, his return to consciousness. It's not uh, even, We don't have to go I into that it. necessarily. No, I, I love that. Um, it's so good. It might be um, one of my... It, it's the thing that I think about the most from the story. Yeah. Um, uh, it, starts, to, it starts with a description of, like, what's going on in the desert, and then it moves to... Awareness precedes consciousness. It's, no, it's important to start with the part about the desert. I think. Okay. Um, I don't want to like read this whole. No, thing, no, no. But, but I'm just saying it, it's important. It's not. It, I don't. I don't want to gloss over that. Yeah, he's. Yes. Because it's important. One with everything. It goes. It starts from the desert. It, it moves mm-hmm. to. Um. It moves to the. You know. He describes the the desert. And then he describes all, like every facet of the desert, and he describes mm-hmm. um, the seeds that are waiting, the warmth, dormant for the wave, the the rainfall that might take centuries he, to get here. And he says all of these sing individual notes in the same great song of the wills. And if you know yeah. the journey of the will or the journal of the wills is the first title of uh, is part of the first title of uh, what became Star Wars um, and the original draft. Um, but also mm-hmm. it reminds me of how Avar Chris talks about the song of the force yeah, um, and just how everything works in harmony. And this whole, I don't want to like keep talking over, but I go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it goes read, there and then it goes to the consciousness. Then he goes, I want to read the consciousness. Yeah. Part. Awareness precedes consciousness. So he's aware of everything. And we've, we've kind of already as the reader here. So, okay, so I know I, I, I Fallen Star, I kind of was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure how mm, I feel mm, about mm, Claudia Gray's mm. writing in that. But in this, holy crap, I love this. I love this story. Awareness precedes yeah. consciousness. The warmth is luxuriated in and drawn upon before the mind is cognizant of doing so. Next comes the illusion of linear time. Only then does a sense of individuality arise, a remembrance of what was and what is, a knowledge of oneself as separate from the Force. It provides a vantage point for experiencing the physical world in its complexity and ecstasy, but the pain of that separation is endurable only because unity will become again and will come again and soon. That fracture from the all, that memory of temporal existence, is most easily summed up with the word the fracture was once called by, the name Qui-Gon. I just, it's poetic and ephemeral and touches on something that I've been really interested in ever since I had the like conception of what becoming one with the force is there isn't a full loss of self it is an embracing of all so right can i just and good yeah and 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 i just like the idea that to like make oneself manifest means pulling back from 
unity. That, like, the Force Ghost doesn't exist separate from... Like, becoming one with the Force means a losing of self. Or, like, um, a diffusion of self. That is made manifest when called upon. That is still existent as part of the whole. As, like, the collective unconscious. The, like, nature of the, the living force or whatever. And and there is a sort of coalescing that happens when they reemerge and appear before someone else, and it is when called upon that they can they they can do so. Um, there's like a like a beauty in that. So what what I was gonna say is this that this kind of has this kind of sets the 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 tone I think for the entire story. Which is oh, 100%. which is one of just such comfort, I think. Yeah, of it, it's so it's told from the point of view of Qui Gon, who is one with the Force now. Yeah, and he has to remove himself a bit, and he even mentions that he does this only for Obi Wan, mm-hmm. um, and he's talking to Obi Wan, um, and he's he's removing himself. He knows it's uncomfortable and it's icky and he doesn't like it he loves to be back one with the force he loves feeling connected with everything and he's still connected but it's just not it's icky to be corporeal um and he becomes more corporeal as the story goes on up to the point that even obi-wan is like i've never seen you this he's just more corporeal i think now than he ever has been like this is not the first time they've done this right no no absolutely yeah i think that's what that thing was but he anyway so the the thing is, is he's one with the force and he is he knows basically everything, including the probability of what will happen uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, strong probabilities. Um, and he's there to reassure Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, on the other hand, is going through a moment of great anxiety. The first thing he says to Obi-Wan is you are afraid. Yeah. And he's he is afraid, but that's you know he's he's anxious, really, is what he is. Yeah, he's so, worried. So this moment, this moment that and, Obi calls upon Qui Gon is is the moment where they have discovered the Sandcrawler and all the dead Jawas, and Luke has taken off to go back home because he fears for his family. Right, and Obi Wan knows what waits for him there. Uh, actually fears, fears that the, the Empire is still waiting for him, in fact. Right. He, he He's worried that Luke is not even going to return. And, and Qui-Gon senses that and says, like, you, you seek your center. You need balance. He also very quickly uh, mentions that, you know, it's not going to like Luke's journey does not end here. No. Is the way he, yeah. he says it. But he. And that helps ease Obi-Wan's pain although oh qui-gon's like yeah he kind of took the wrong message from that you know yeah and and qui-gon also well we'll get there's a couple of things that obi-wan misinterprets in this conversation that qui-gon spares him um yeah one's one's the last thing he says but but right now right now he says that and he's like well you know i did say you know it's not he's not I think he's partially being obtuse because he wants to let Obi-Wan maintain his agency and the choices that he makes. Um, That's what it kind of feels like to me. Like he's like, but also he also wants to ease him. Like he's coming to his, his master for help. Um, And so he does want to help. It's really precious to me to think about like Obi-Wan at this point in his life. Cause he's like, I mean, we know he's on death's door. And so does Qui-Gon, which is interesting through this whole story, the story, right? Qui-Gon is well aware of what's coming. And to, to, and not to jump too far ahead, the story is like five pages long, but, uh, (laughs) like, uh, Qui-Gon. So like I said, the, the story has a, a a tone of comfort to it, which I think it should. It's because that's what, that's what Obi-Wan's coming here for. And in almost every aspect in 
in life and death, you talk you talk about it. So you're you're hearing from someone who has died, who has become one with the force, and you're seeing how relieved Qui Gon is, and how uncomfortable it is for him to come out of this. He tells him, "Like, do you think? Do you truly think your work has only just begun, my Padawan?" Yeah. Well, that's the other thing they mentioned that they they've started calling him Padawan because it helps yeah. remind Obi Wan that he's got much to lose, m- much in to a learn. Recognition yeah. of how much more Obi Wan has yet to learn. It is strange still to think of death as only the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that. He starts talking about how he knows Obi-Wan will be dying soon in yeah. about uh, 30 minutes of screen time, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's not a like it, there. there's a moment of sadness, but it's not sadness that Obi-Wan's going to die. It's a sadness that Obi-Wan still wants to live despite all of the yeah, because... all of the, but. Qui-Gon views it as a reunion. Yeah. So Qui-Gon's almost like, oh, man, it's going to be so nice when we can I can finally, like, share everything with him. Like, it's like an exciting um, yeah, thing for yeah. him. Almost. It's like a moment of tension of, like, there's almost a selfishness the, in it. Yeah, but not I don't think it's selfishness. But not it's in, like, like a, Qui-Gon isn't it's like, more that. Like, like It's more like we have this barrier between us right now. And that barrier is your is temporary. Your uh, skin suit and your bones. <laughs> your that's, skin suit. That's that's the barrier, and that's like when he's like he's. It's almost like this is all going to be so much easier to share with you when you're here. Yeah. And on top of that, um, but the thing I was saying, the sadness isn't just that he wants to live. It's more. It's not even like a sorrow. It's like a. Oh, look how strong he is. He's seen literally everyone around him die. He mentions Satine. He mentions himself. He mentions yep. uh, Padme, Anakin. I'm sorry to keep quoting this, but yeah. every person Obi-Wan ever truly loved, Anakin, Satine, Padme, and Qui-Gon himself came to a terrible end. Three of them died before his eyes, and the other fell to a fate so bleak that death itself would have been a gift. Yeah. So he's like... All of this, and yet he still wants to keep going. And it's not a sadness. It's yeah. like a, oh, he's so strong. And it's like, a, I don't know. It's so it's an interesting strong. feeling that they're conveying that, that, you know, that Claudia Gray conveys yeah. for Qui-Gon, which I loved. I, I thought that was great. As much as people, like, really admire the work that Claudia has done in the Star Wars canon and and as much as we've deliberated over it like I I don't think that anything stands stronger than this particular five-page story like I think that she really captures something in the constraint of this short story um because we go on to like Qui-Gon apologizes and says like after all I'm the one who failed you like yeah. You weren't ready to be a master. You hadn't even been knighted, and I forced you to take Anakin as a as a Padawan. And and Obi Wan's defensive of that, of like, well, he he was a great general, like he did all these things. Like, if Anakin had the training and wisdom to choose a better path, and he did not, like this wasn't my fault to a degree. But like, Qui Gon still recognizes that it wasn't fair of him. To put this burden upon Obi-Wan who wasn't ready for it. Right. And I find that really tender. Like, the relationship between these men is really interesting to me because, like, I think Obi-Wan was Qui-Gon's apprentice for almost a decade before Qui-Gon's death. Yeah. Like, Obi was 25 when Qui-Gon passed. And 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 that is now looking at it old for a Padawan, um, but that is a result of the Clone War. Like the Clone War demanded that we promoted Padawans to Jedi much more quickly in order to like feed the system. But that's not what happened. Not for him. Not for Obi-Wan. I mean, his yeah. trial was the defeat of Darth Maul. Right. But um. 
But it would be a much different story if Qui-Gon had, had been around to continue to, like, not hold his hand, but, like, help guide him. Yeah. It's, it's, Obi-Wan is the only, only person who went from Padawan to Knight to, like, Master of an Apprentice overnight. Right. Um, and I, I don't think he was, I mean, we know he wasn't ready for that. I think that, I don't know. I feel like that was, because Obi-Wan pushes back, and I tend to agree with Obi-Wan a little bit more on this sure. one. In that, like, no, like, the time that Anakin fell was, like, a decade later. And he had oh, already like, had the wisdom. True. He was very wise. Obi-Wan saw it. Like, he knew right and wrong. He didn't, it wasn't a broken little boy that, uh, Anakin had the training yeah. and wisdom to choose a better path, and he did not. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I, I kind of didn't like that as much because I felt like it was getting off topic, and then I felt like they didn't really do anything with it. Um, sure. Because the, I don't know. I think Qui Gon still harbors, which some is weird though. It's weird that Qui Gon feels guilt for it when he's one with the Force. I feel like that's like, it's like, no, 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 you're one with the force. You see the will of the force. You are part of it now. Sure. How do you have, how do you harbor these feelings? Of, I don't know. That's what like, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit with the rest of the thing. It doesn't fit with the, you know, I mentioned that the tone was overall I comfort think, from Qui-Gon for an anxious Obi-Wan and they reversed roles there for a minute and then Qui-Gon just drops it. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's continuing on this like Qui Gon trying to alleviate Obi Wan's burden, and Obi Wan refuses to take it because it isn't it isn't merited. Maybe, like, but, but that's right a, but we're have Qui Gon's. If it was not told from Qui Gon's point of view, then maybe I could see that. But Qui Gon's like, okay, I'll drop it. Like, uh, um, yeah. like, I don't know, like it, it didn't, it didn't come off like, because we had it from Qui-Gon's point of view. It doesn't come off that way. Qui-Gon, like, the legitimately, first time they've talked about that. but no, but Qui-Gon le legitimately says afterward, after he drops it, like, okay, he's not ready to hear about my failings. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. It's, he's not just saying that to alleviate his burden. He's like, oh, he doesn't see all of it. And, he, and it's, I don't know. just weird. It's for interesting. It's like, a, it's a, it's something that Qui-Gon is still holding on to, despite the fact that he's been. Yeah, which is I don't weird. know. I don't know. I, I have know, to like I'm, like I'm like that's like but but given the truth of the story that we just read, that shouldn't be the that shouldn't be able to happen. Yeah. You know, like that's yeah. not a thing that should be able to happen. Like it, you taking only the story as like true. Yeah, because it it does feel it does feel like that that coalescing back into separation from the wholeness of the force like you would imagine that like all of those burdens and things would be something that you'd be able to let go of yeah and even still like the fact that he's, he's still he's still connected to, to the force like he mentions like how how he's like oh and i'll be he, back he feels what luke is doing despite the fact that he's somewhere and else. he's strong it's stronger than anything so he still is like still part of being one with the force it's not like he leaves that behind it's just like I like I don't know. It's just interesting to me that this is something that like the idea that this is something that still plagues Qui-Gon despite the fact that he's had 30 years to reconcile with it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like you shouldn't like the what what I know about the force based on this story is that mm -hmm. you are now one with the force. You see the direction. You see how everything has its purpose and everything's going in a certain way. Why would you then look back on a choice that you made and that, still and still feel like how I I don't know, know like it's weird like right like it's just like I don't know it there's and there's... on top of that like I said the bigger thing for me is that it's a weird aside that shifts the the like the point of view of the, the characters of the it, it, it uh -huh, will just uh -huh, uh -huh. it doesn't even shift it because they go right back to it like they, they come back yeah to the way that they started it it's just like for a moment the roles are reversed and obi-wan's comforting force ghost qui-gon and it's like why are we doing this and then he just goes right back it goes right back to like okay yeah no now we're back to the way the story was supposed to be i don't know i don't want to get caught yeah, up because it's yeah, such a yeah, short yeah, yeah. It's a there's five, this bit of I don't it's know. literally like three paragraphs yeah and it's just like a little nugget of like 
Qui-Gon is still, despite the fact that he's become one with the Force, is still holding on to this, like, bit of self-doubt, this, like, bit of guilt. It, it, uh, None of it absolution for Qui-Gon's own mistakes, but it is Obi-Wan who needs guidance now. These things can be discussed another time, when they're beyond crude human language. Soon. Very soon. Yeah. So then he goes back to the, you know, okay, cool. Well, at least we'll, you know... Um, I did want to talk yeah. about something else that is I'm like, why do we focus on this? That was like two paragraphs. Um, there's uh-huh. one line that I want to talk about. <laughs> please, like, please. Um, I need to find it. But um, one of the things I thought was interesting is when he mentions you mentioned it earlier, how Qui-Gon is more corporeal than he has been before. Yes. Um, which we actually notice in the movies. Right. We noticed this happened to Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan does this. So the, the, the first trilogy. the first time Obi-Wan comes as a force ghost is just twice and it's a voice. Run, Luke, uh-huh. run and use the force, Luke, and remember the force will be with you always. It's just a voice. Mm-hmm. The second time he's like a hovering ghost that like appears in a blizzard. Yeah. Right? Um and then the third time he's on Dagobah and he just kind of hangs out um and he talks to luke um and yoda i mean well i guess the third time he's a voice and he's talking to yoda but after that he shows up and he's you know appears and then the final time we see him he's on dagobah again um but it's in return of the jedi and he hits his head on a vine and he like and he sits down on a log you Uh know so he's like you see him get more and more corporeal over the course of the trilogy and they mention that and Qui-Gon gives his, you know, mumbo-jumbo Jedi answer like, oh, it's the claim the physical world and detach oneself from it. And then he mentions that at first he hadn't struggled the goal, um, but after Anakin fell, he he pushed himself within the Force, obviously, is what he means, yes. uh, to work on it. And over uh, nearly a decade, he, he got better at it for Obi-Wan um, so that he could spend time with him. And um, I'm trying to find the exact part. But he mentions how all the Jedi continue to learn. A matter of finding center, of calming one's soul and giving oneself over completely yeah. to the Force. Even after death. Some Jedi choose to transition between life and death in that way, though I could scarcely have imagined it when I was alive. Even after death, we continue to learn. Yes. So I, I was kind of interested in this. I, I don't know if he just meant it like, oh, we as in like one does like one continues to learn or if he legitimately means like we as the force uh continue to learn Ooh, um and that's interesting and i don't know i don't know which was meant here but i think that could be why like oh when qui-gon dies he's just a body and he learns to Uh do this later and then eventually by the time we get to rise of skywalker Ray has the power of all the Jedi and everything that Jedi yeah. have learned over the course we of... We as the Force, as a collective, yeah, is really interesting because from our understanding, Qui-Gon is the first Force ghost. Right. And then we get Obi doing it, and we get Yoda doing it. Mm. And then, yeah, by the time of Rise of Skywalker, Rey hears the voices of, like, a bunch of Jedi. Right. All collectively Anakin pouring is their- a Jedi. Anakin learns how to Jedi, how to Force Ghost real quick. Yeah. he's. They're like, all right, you flip these yeah. buttons, you do this, now you're Force Ghost. Like, yeah. whereas Qui-Gon's talking about how it took a decade. Because, of course, it would, because you share all knowledge, you know everything that everyone has ever learned. But now, now the, the, the Jedi remaining, I mean, like, Luke and Leia both do it. Yeah. And I feel like, it, 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 to me, it seems like if you wanted to, the Force has learned to do this. And, and every, and every one of the individuals has learned to do it as well. And I wonder if that's kind of like, okay, so like, if I really needed to talk to Mace Windu, he could show up. Maybe you could pull him back now. Yeah, or like Luminara, I needed to talk to her, you know, like she could show up. Well, you know what I mean? Like they all, any one of them could show up. No, I know. I, yeah. It's just the story hasn't needed us to talk to any of them, you know. But they could be pulled back now. Yeah. 
They could be fished out. And it doesn't really matter which one it is because they've all kind of learned it. They're all one of the Force. Yeah. And the Force knows how to do it. Yeah, which makes sense to me because the for- like you know everything because you're part of the Force. Like, he knows when he's going to die. That's he knows the scream. Cool. So... God, Tim, I love this. Yeah, I just think it makes sense to me. Like, I to think, think of it, it as sense. only Qui-Gon knows how to do this is to not, is to discount yeah, that he's yeah. part of everything. Ray says, I am all of the Jedi. Right. But she is not the only Jedi. Like, all of those yeah. voices are all of the Jedi. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that makes sense that I think it's kind of cool to think of like, oh, the Force is learning how to do this and and to interact like as we're learning to do it to open ourselves up so that we can communicate with them. They're also learning to do it back in the other direction. Can I can I say something that's like no heartbreaking? No. Okay, okay now you can. Okay. I want Jason Sandula to talk to his father. I want Jason to be able to talk to Kanan. Yeah, that pro- that that could happen. We've never why could like, that have not we haven't Why could that not happen? It it could happen. His voice is one of the voices that speaks to Ray Solo. Like even if it wasn't, there's no reason it couldn't Ray happen. Ray Solo. She's, I, yeah. mm, mm, Ray Skywalker. Yeah. Ray Palpatine. Yeah, they didn't I guess they it didn't join matter. in space matrimony so she didn't take his last name. Um Yeah. Ray Skywalker. Look, she, we know her last name. She says it. I know. I know. Just Ray. Yeah. But like still, still, there, there is, there is story potential here that I really love. That could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I feel like, I feel like though, one, again, we say the, is this canon question mark? Um, yeah. If they do this. If they did do this, uh, nerds would be mad no matter which Jedi that they brought. It also means. It also means that we can never have a force ghost show up in the High Republic. That's my thought, too. Um, Which. uh, I think is. Like, as much as I would love Bell Zetafar to be able to talk to Loden Greatstorm, like, it's better for the story if he can't. Agreed. I I think I am pulling for no Force Ghosts in High Republic. Yeah, no, I I, I think that I think that it is important. Yeah. That Qui-Gon is the first. I, I agree with that, too. And I would be. I would be the not angry but sad Star Wars nerd if they were like, no, they look yeah. at all these Force ghosts running around. There's a whole planet of Force ghosts uh, that uh, just hang out. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't want that. Like, I think I think that you're right. Like, I think the idea of the Force, co- like as a collective, as a whole, being able to like learn and grow as time goes on is important to the nature of the Force. Yeah, I think that's cool. I, yeah, so. I also think that's cool. Um, but yeah, so it ends. Uh, the story ends. We, we kind of touched on all the beats, I think. Uh, and the story ends as Luke returns. Uh, yeah. On his speeder. Um, Qui-Gon allows his. Uh, he 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 says goodbye. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it says Qui-Gon allows his awareness to spread outward from this place until Obi-Wan is only part of the symphony of life, life around him. The snakes burrow deep beneath the dunes. Insects spin webs among the sand. Sunshine suffuses them all with warmth until Qui-Gon can let go completely, releasing his body and even his name until he is again one with the Force. As Obi-Wan will soon learn, the most beautiful form of mastery is the art of letting go. Mm-hmm. And I, I read that and I think about, like, that moment in front of Vader. Where he he lets go and allows Anakin to strike him down because he will become... Right. But it's also the opposite of Anakin. Yeah. Anakin falls because he doesn't let go. Because he can't let go. Right. So, yeah. We need to do another What If episode, Tim. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I have new prospects to talk about. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that will enter these two stories... Into the archives. 
I love Qui-Gon Jinn so much. Um, Qui-Gon is great. Um, this story, um, these book, this book is, is very fun. Uh, highly recommend yeah. to any Star Wars fan. As you can see, the stories range both in content and um, I would say quality. Absolutely. Oh, um, I would be, <laughs> um, we, we were talking about all the different authors that do this and we talked um, and I, I would be remiss to leave out um, our boy, John Jackson Miller. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. John Jackson Miller. Who did our very first story we covered on this podcast uh the story of the Knights of the Republic comics. Hell yeah. Um and he did um a story about a sand person. Um nice. which is cool. There's a bunch of um there's a bunch of folks in here who um have gone on to do other other big Star Wars things. Chuck Wendig is in here, yep. Kevin Scott, Charles Soler both in here. Chuck Wendig had already um, done his uh trilogy by the time. Daniel this Jose came out. Older is in here, E. K. Johnson's yeah. in here um ashley Eckstein is in here yep. matt take, fraction take a wild shot take here. a wild shot at what ashley Eckstein's <laughs> story yeah. is about um uh, pablo hidalgo has a story of in course. here, which i would be very interested it's just labels at. of different things it's just a bunch of pictures and great you label them all. perfect Mwah. yeah um yeah yeah lots of lots of very good gary witta Acker and Blacker, Jeffrey Brown, who does the um It's Ashley Eckstein and E.K. Johnston, so super super take a oh, while. Okay, guess. they're the same. Yeah, sure. It's, that makes sense. It's, Adam Christopher. Lots of lots of good people yeah. in this book. Um I highly recommend people check this out. Good good stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Um with that said, uh we'll wrap this up. Um, we did pretty well for a deep dive episode, I think, as as yeah. far as length. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter at NR Archives Pod, on Instagram mm-hmm. at the New Republic Archives. I need to be better about keeping those up. Um, so I have several weeks behind on uh, <laughs> updating fair. them. Uh, maybe I'll I just, don't. I don't even touch it. Maybe so. I'll just do a like a, a shotgun and I'll just do several posts at once, and you'll have to Go deal with it, that. Man. But down for that. Um, on Discord, at um, in the link in the description, um, and uh-huh. you can also find us at uh, DuelingGenre.com, where you can also find every other awesome Dueling Genre podcast. So many good shows, um, lots of things. Go go catch up on uh, Doctor's Companion, yes, because uh, a Doctor Who has um, been like on one lately. Yeah, there's been some big big things and happening bigger, in the and Doctor bigger Who things world soon. To come. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I'm catching up. I uh, have several episodes of the last season to, to, to catch up on. So I've not been listening to that. But Cass uh, and Nick and, and Scott are all fantastic folks and very well researched. So please go listen to them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll wrap it up for this deep dive episode. Catch us in two weeks uh, for another mm-hmm. Bantha episode, which are always fun. We'll have plenty to talk about then. Uh, we will be... Check out the, the Patreon because we're going to have an Andor uh, uh, deep dive as soon as that wraps up in... What's that? Three weeks from t- from today? Uh, yeah. Something like yeah, that. We'll yeah, do, we'll do one on that. Um, Real fucking soon. Yeah, maybe we'll even do some stuff on... Uh, Maybe we'll do some stuff on the uh, – uh, we, we talked a little bit about uh, Tales of the Jedi, but um, – I would love to talk about Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi is great. I have so many thoughts. Yeah. Um, but we got a lot of Star Wars stuff. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. until next time, uh, just remember that if it's not in the archives – It doesn't exist because Dooku erased it. It's true. We watched it happen. We watched it happen. I just lost everything we talked. It's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, 
can I affect my levels here? Oh, that's where I can affect my... Oh, that's not good. I'm not going to do that either. Um, my bad. But yeah, we have, to cl- we have to clap again. I lost that audio. God damn it. It's the second time you've lost audio, Gary. Uh, let me tell you, I did a recording. I did a recording for the baseball thing like a week and a half ago. And we did the whole recording. It was beautiful. We talked for like two hours. Beautiful recording. Um, I yeah, I as soon as I said it that way, I yeah, I realized that I did. But but we got done and I talked our guests through like exporting their audio and mm-hmm. saving their stuff and like uploading it to our server and then I closed Audacity. Oh. And I was like, fuck, I just we had a backup on yeah. that one, oh, that's thankfully. Good. But I, I was so mad at myself. Okay, okay, okay. Um do uh, wait, hold on. No, I fucked this up. You want to do 10 seconds again? Uh, sure. Okay. That one was much closer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, cool beans. Uh, it's you this time. I remember. Uh, time. yeah, I actually also remembered. Uh, so I don't know why this week was different, but we're just on it today. We're just we're on just, it today. We're just very yeah, like we're ready. We're very like uh, anxiety driven. So like all of our synapses are firing. Yeah, yeah all everything at once. is firing on all cylinders. <laughs> like shit, shit, shit. Gotta do the shit, shit, gotta shit. Read the gotta thing. do this right. Like it's do... me. All right, cool. I'll no, talk it's first. You. All right. <laughs>